Today on the Sound Rider Show, we're talking technological shifts in the motorcycling world, Arctic touring, and events plenty. All that and so much more ahead on the April edition of the Sound Rider Show. Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by Cascade Motorcycle Safety, featuring two ranges located in Anacortes and Bellingham. Cascade Motorcycle Safety offers beginner and intermediate rider courses and is certified to test riders for their motorcycle endorsement. For more information, visit their website at Cascade Motorcycle Safety today. Hello, this is Bill Cameron from Skagit Power Sports. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, Join us for the latest episode of The Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Motorcycle riders from across the Pacific Northwest and around the world, this is The Sound Rider Show, the April edition, and you're in for a treat because usually... You've got to wait for those April showers to hit for Mayflowers, but we got a couple of flowers right here for you. Me, of course, I'm Derek Roberts, co-host of the Sound Rider Show and self-appointed editor-at-large and joined, as always, by founder, publisher, all things to everything. And Moto Wallflower. And Moto Wallflower. I was going to go with Daffodil with that yellow you got on today, but <laughs> Tom Marin, of course. So, Tom... We had a pretty good close to March, and uh, I tell you what, man, that's that's really got me thinking about the months ahead here. I, I know I already got out and ride, uh, got out to ride a little bit, but I think it's going to be a great season. This whole spring and summer, man, I think we're going to be able to pack some miles on. What uh, what do you say? You know, the weather was so nice the other day. I went down to the garage and and worked all the bikes through the chargers. Yeah, because you've got. I enjoyed the warm weather. Right. Well, you've got the uh, what the four down there, and they kind of go in and out of rotation. So you got to put that trickle charger to uh, through its paces and make sure that everything is ready uh, at a moment's notice. I yeah. suppose. Yeah, and it's one of those uh, Optimus chargers. Optimus or Optimum? I think it's Optimus. Okay. So it'll actually tell you if your battery's going to be toast soon. Right. So, so that's handy. Right. Over like a battery tender that's just going to blink until it's done blinking. Sure. And then being Optimus or Optimus, it also changes into something else like a coffee table too, a la Transformer. Is that right or is uh, that all made up? Yeah, actually it's called Optimate. <laughs> oh, okay. So it mates with another battery charger and then you have three battery chargers instead of two. Okay. I think that's a dating site too, Optimate, but we'll have to get into that on a different show yeah. maybe. <laughs> But either way, as you're rotating through and you're getting the bikes ready, and I'm I'm doing the same thing with my bike, of course, you know, that kind of got me thinking a little bit about taking advantage of the spring season to shake off the rust, do some training, maybe take a, an advanced or even maybe an intermediate riding class and kind of get out there and, you know, learn some new skills that I can put through, uh, put to the test as we get into the summer months. What do you think... Uh, what do you kind of think about that as a strategy going forward here? I think it's a good move. What do you, yeah. what do you think you want to take? You could do an advanced, you could do an intermediate, you could do a, a, a adventure riding, dual sport type class, you yeah. could do a three-wheel class. Well, what do you want to do? Well, I'll tell you two things stand out and, uh, you know, a shameless plug here to friends of uh, Sound Rider and, and friends of the show, but uh, Dirt First, Whitney and Jason, I mm -hmm. always feel like just doing some dirt training is good for just all-around performance. So I've been thinking about maybe uh, spending a day with those guys. And then uh, 
our friends uh, at Cascade Motorcycle Safety, Jesse, in the summer has got a street strategies course that I'm really interested in out at Pacific Raceways in Kent. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that's got some really cool information in it, you know, just some stuff on awareness and cornering lines and kind of ways that you can kind of look out for yourself and be a better rider. So those are a couple of things that are on my radar that uh, I'm thinking about maybe jumping in on. I have done some training down at Pacific Raceways. In fact, I was lucky enough to get into a class one time where uh, we did all the the morning exercises in the usual counterclockwise version of the track. Sure. But then in the afternoon, we flipped it, and we got to ride the track backwards, which oh, you don't get to do in racing. Of course, yeah. Because none of the none of the, the other walls racers, and stuff yeah. are set up for you. Yeah, and then the other racers frown upon that, too. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, that'd be two-way traffic <laughs> yeah. if that's what you're thinking of. But, so but no, I mean, we did one-way traffic uh, clockwise that afternoon. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Well, what did you think of that, being able to kind of practice those skills in both leaning directions, too? Because that is a different feel and a, a, a real challenge for a lot of riders, too. I thought it was good. Um, there's nothing like taking those skills and working on them out in the in the public roadways because there you're you're really into it. You know, you have blind corners. Yep. Uh, you have oncoming traffic. When you're doing it in a class, you're just learning the techniques. But when you execute them in real life, that's a whole nother second section of the training. For sure. Well, you know, and to kind of piggyback on that too, you know, I, I really think it's important just to uh, to spend some dedicated practice time on your own but in real situations, you know, yeah. where you maybe go out and you say, I'm going to ride for a half hour, but I'm really going to focus on – Ah, ride with a plan. Right, on yeah. doing it better and uh, – or even, you know, just going down to the Walmart parking lot and working on your quick stops and stuff. I was thinking the other day, you know, I probably haven't taken a, a dedicated session – for practicing quick stops in probably a couple of years, and that's one of those skills that can really save your behind. I think you want to practice up on chucking that drive too. Yeah, right. I mean, you can't go too fast in a Walmart parking lot. You could be going, you know, fifty miles an hour down chucking that drive and just lay it on. You know, sure. Yeah, chucking that drive. That's uh, what right outside of uh, Skagit Power Sports there up north. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a good idea. If you have uh, a stretch of roadway or something like that where you can be safe and geared up and just kind of. You know, make sure not only that your equipment can handle it, but that, that you're ready to handle it, well, too. Well, that's what you'll figure out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One way or the other, huh? Hopefully it'll all work out in your favor. I yeah. Hope. Well, if it doesn't, though, uh, more and more is the case that all that stuff might be recorded by some sort of digital app technology. We're seeing that kind of migrate into motorcycles here. Yeah, everywhere. It's like, who's got time for it? Well, I don't know. I, I think it, it is a fact of life, though, right? I mean, with the GP, the fact is that a lot of riders use GPS technology already, and this just kind of seems to me like a natural extension that eventually this is going to migrate to pretty much all dashboards, right? Uh, that's what it seems to be. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing uh, the Kimco light scooter with the Nodo that we talked about last time, right? And then uh, we're seeing uh, Ducati has like a, a whole app thing. What's, yeah. What's going on with that? Yeah. So Ducati Link is I think uh, the one you're referring to here. And so basically it's it's like your standard suite that you'd find in you know your new Ford or your new Chevy. So media, text messages, uh, you know they record the details of your ride so you can go back and you can look at where you ride, uh, rode, how fast, and the length. Uh, also, you can modify the suspension and that kind of stuff from the app from what I understand, and mm -hmm. it will give you maintenance info alerts. Um, and also I think you can sign up where it can give you sort of like push notifications on any rallies in the area. So when you go to fire it up, you might see, hey, 
they're having a uh, a Ducati bash down at the local dealer. So why don't I ride down there and check it so out? So they're tracking you everywhere you go, aren't they? Uh, well, I mean, I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. I think and then that's... they're probably keeping a log of that, and you you hit the little check mark box when you downloaded the app. I'm assuming that's what you would have to do in order for this thing to function in its fullest, richest yeah, version. I, I don't know. You know, I, I I don't ride a Ducati, so I'm not sure. I don't have any reason per se to download the app, but that's a good question. I don't know if – I mean I assume that in at least some capacity, perhaps you can opt out, but I, I assume that it's built to where it's going to collect this data. So I know uh, with the Harley-Davidson GPS system, yeah. in order to get a route into the, into the GPS – uh, you have to put it online, right? And then you can upload it into the GPS. And then, if you want to transfer the data down, you have to take it and and download it into a an online database. So this tells me that Harley Davidson has facts and figures on every place you've been riding. Yes, I mean and I probably would how so. fast you've been riding and all that. Like, how how far away do you think we are from seeing court cases where they want to subpoena the data from your motorcycle app? Oh, I would imagine it's already happened. Yeah, I mean I I, I have to imagine that that's out there, or from your phone or whatever it may be, because your phone can take you know nine tenths of this information already. Your your Google phone will. Well, yeah, well, any phone that you opt into, you know, I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. If you have GPS tracking, they know more or less how fast you're moving, and they know where you're going. I mean, and they can tell by your patterns, kind of, especially if you were to have some. Sort okay, of so with a Google phone, yeah. that's a that's a definite. I mean, you're in the system. We well, can opt out. You can opt out. Of yeah, that? yeah. Because I know with with like the Apple phone, you can opt out. Yeah, no, it gives you all those options, or you can turn off certain things and that kind of thing. I mean, whether or not it's functionally done at some higher level. But, I mean, I I don't know. That's really a bummer I had to give up my Windows phone. Oh, yeah, it's it gone. finally kicked a bucket. Yeah, all that uh, stone tablet and uh, chiseling you've been doing for the last yeah. <laughs> decade on that thing. But that's – I mean, look, this is just a reality of the technology, and we – I suppose we could take a diversion and talk about the impact of society on that, but I don't know if that's specific to motorcycles enough for our listeners, huh? It's going to be interesting to see where where this goes because yeah, all that data is being recorded now. So, hmm. Now let's. Well, we know. I think it's kind of a popular topic to talk about the dark side of this, which uh, you know we can maybe leave for another discussion. But let's try to take an optimistic uh, optimistic look at this and say, what do you think? Kind of data we might be able to have that might be able to help motorcyclists because we might learn more. If it's you know if it's anonymous data and we're getting pools from thousands of riders, we might be able to pick up some interesting trends on crash statistics and behavior at the time of crash, and you know even breaking you know distance and skill level and that kind of thing. We might be able to to extract <laughs> <Lane> position. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean it's it's true, right? I mean that's that's potentially out there. Not that I'm advocating for it one way or the other, but I do wonder if at uh, some point. The dealers or the manufacturers would get together and say, "Hey, let's let's pool this data anonymously and let's see what we can come up mm, with." That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, we know in racing that they've been using these types of apps for several years now. Sure. Where uh, you could basically you could be on the West Coast and you could you could be up in first or second place against a guy on the East Coast and you never even race the same tracks. Right. You know? Yeah. So um, that's all happening now. Yeah, it's out there. So, 
And then you have to wonder, not to look too far in the future here, but what about with these heads-up displays that they are connecting to the apps? What about connecting to the cars around you and getting information on their behavior? Well, this is – isn't this all a whole lot of distractions? Potentially. I mean especially if you're moving and they're, and they're sending – you're pushing test messages to you while you're riding. It's like I want to ride my motorcycle. I don't want to worry about a boop-boop in my head, you know. Coming in on the helmet, no, I, sir, I, yeah. I want that stuff out of there at that point. I think a lot of people share that uh, share that position, and I don't have any problem with it per se. I I just don't know if it's avoidable. So, know? are we going to see a situation where someone sues a manufacturer because the uh, app was interfering with their ability to operate the motorcycle safely? I think probably at some point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't wow. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Wow. Hard to say How's that. that for a look into the not-so-far-away future? <laughs> a brave new world on the Sound Riders show here. But maybe we should switch gears and talk about some uh, happier topics, uh, some stuff that's going on. <laughs> Instead of 1984? Yeah, maybe we could talk about some stuff that's going on uh, in-house here in 2019. Well, let's see. Um, working on the Sound Riders show the other day, we have launched it to Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user and you're getting into their podcast now, uh, you can pick us up there. Uh, on TuneIn, we rolled up to like the number nine position for motorcycle podcasts, which right. is pretty nice for a little regional show like ours. I'd say that's awesome, yeah. We've got five stars on iTunes right now with yep. lots of people chiming in. Appreciate that. And so that's that's all good news. Um, you know, just more world domination of the Soundwriter show. <laughs> Well, we appreciate everyone listening too, and especially uh, for some of those services like iTunes, people have left some really nice comments. So we do check those out every once in a while. So, um, see the Cafe to Cafe uh, Grand Tour started in uh, March, and we had a record number of advanced signups for that. So thank you everybody for getting in on it early. And you got some good weather in March later on, so yeah. I know a few people were out there picking up some cafes already. Uh, also ahead in registration, uh, well ahead of last year, is the uh, Rally in the Gorge. So thanks to everybody who's uh, helping us keep the lights on early here in the year. And uh, we're looking forward to putting on a good show down there in the Columbia River Gorge this summer. Yeah, I can't wait to get down there again in uh, you know, that last weekend uh, coming up in August. And it's always such a fun time. It's just, you know, it's just great, great time. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I know we got new people coming, so we're going to... Do the best we can to make it a good first experience for you. Absolutely. As for the rest of you who have already been, we don't, we don't even care. <laughs> we oh. know it's going to be a good experience for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we got the News Bike segment. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, this is Carl. I live in Yakima, Washington. One of my favorite places to ride is Northeast Oregon because there's nobody out there. Hi, this is Delvine Manning from the Bonneville Motorcycle Speed Trials, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show.
back in studio on the Sound Rider Show, and we're rolling right along into news bites. And you know, locally there are there's not a ton going on recently, but nationally we've got some bigger stuff out there. And uh, before we get to those national stories, though, I guess we should talk about what's happening around here in Kelso. So uh, looks like uh, fire season has already officially begun. This blows my mind. We got our first fire on the first day of spring in March in Washington in the Kelso area. And it's called the North Maple Fire. might be out by the time we pop the show up. Let's online. hope, right? But uh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want all this smoke going on again this year. You know. Yeah, you know, I was. Uh, I'm a little surprised that it, that occurred this early in the season, considering all the snow and everything that we've had. I was. I was really hoping for a a much greener and uh, less smoky spring and summer. But apparently, this is not a a great omen. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, it'll be the last. Let's make it the last one of the season. Yeah, there we go. We put that message out there, right? <laughs> Uh, I was out doing some yard work the other day, and I reached into uh, a thing of uh, juniper and was pulling out the dead leaves, and all of a sudden, it's a giant yellow cloud of smoke came out of that juniper oh, bush, yeah. and so that's all blooming, so I sneezed for the next half a day. <laughs> and uh, so just a reminder, you know, it's uh, it's allergy season. You get allergies when you ride? You know, I don't. I don't have any problems, So I, I get yeah. them, and I hate sneezing with a full-face helmet on uh, with, the, with the windscreen down, you know? Yeah, you can never get it out fully. <laughs> no. got to constantly wash the interior of your helmet when you get yeah. back home. I think you just got to buy a new one at some point. Um, I, uh, the thing that works for me the best is Zyrtec. Okay. Because it doesn't make me woozy like Claritin will tend to do. Sure. And uh, so I can operate, you know, heavy machinery well regardless. Yeah, good tip. Stay away from the Benadryl, right? Uh, yeah, the Benadryl. And, you know, um, the one that my doctor prescribes me, I, I just gave up on that because it takes like three weeks for my body to acclimate with it and uh. actually get it to start working. It's like, well, I'm not going to plan out when I think the first pollen's going to land. Yeah, forget that. I, I just want something that's going to work right away at a moment's notice. So the... Uh, the uh, Zyrtec is the one. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. Well, there you go, a little mm-hmm. uh, MD tip in the middle of News Bites, right? Today's Soundwriter <laughs> brought to you by Zyrtec. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll take that sponsor if you're listening, Zyrtec. Uh, oh, uh, you want to go 124 miles an hour on an electric motorcycle? I absolutely do. Yeah, no so, faster, so though. So Zero is touting the fact that they just released their fastest motorcycle yet, 124 miles an hour. When was the last time you went 124 miles an hour? Uh, in an airliner, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't have any vehicle that I think can, can reasonably handle that, to be honest with you. I, I have just never understood that being a selling point for a bike is how fast it goes. I mean, if it goes over... What's legally legal, which is about 80, 85 in this country. Yeah, I think 80 is – Montana is like 80. Yeah, I think that's the top speed limit, yeah. Isn't, isn't that good enough? Or? Uh, well, you want at least 10 or 15 above that because you might have to work around a semi or something, yeah. right? You want a little pop, but – I mean I see where you're coming from, but I think this is this is probably more indicative of battery technology, right? Because I think, I think you can make your electric motorcycle or you can at any point go 124 – but I think the uh, the power drain is probably the big the big concern here. Now it's my understanding that the faster the bike goes, the more power it eats up in a in a negative sort of ratio. Right. So in an ad- exponential way. So if you're going 124, you're probably going to suck that battery down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
and it might be, you know, you might go like 30 minutes and then you need to charge it. Right, as opposed to if you were going to go 50, you might go for two hours. Yeah. Right, so yeah, you start yeah. to get a negative return at some point. But, huh. you know, hey. You just need to get a list of all the Tesla stations and buy the converter. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of, of other cool bikes, and this one isn't really touting how fast it goes, but did you see the pictures of the Boss Haas Lamborghini? I did not. So, you know, Boss Haas makes these very large three-wheel motorcycles. Sure. And uh, he's looking it up right now. I'm going to take a look, yeah. Um, so they make these beautiful three-wheel motorcycles, and I've seen them uh, where people doll the back of them up to look like a, a 55 Chevy with the big fins up off the back and sure. that sort of thing. Yeah. So now someone has adapted the rear end of uh, – or the rear end styling of a Lamborghini. I got you. There it is. All right, yeah. They say they adapt it to the front, but I never saw a Lamborghini with one wheel in the front before. So. Yeah. Now this looks more like kind of a – Modern Honda Goldwing up front with a Lamborghini in the rear. Yeah, that's a V8. Yeah, Should you can see. Yeah, you there. can see the cylinders yeah. on there in this photo anyway. So, yeah. so uh, hey, if you were thinking about getting a Boss Haas, but uh, everything you saw up till now just wasn't cool enough, this might be the one. I gotta wonder what's the price tag on this. I'm trying to. Uh, well, they're probably about thirty grand or more. Oh, that's got to be way more than that, yeah, right? Because you, yeah, you need to pay for the Chevy uh, V8 in there to start with. Yeah, it's got to look like it's got a Corvette motor, but I think just. The fact that you can get like a you can get a thirty thousand dollar Can Am, right? I wonder if you could put a Viper motor in there instead. I think you if there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> if there's a welding torch, there's yeah, a way. Yeah, I think you can do it, but <laughs> man, I don't know. Some people just they've got uh, I don't know. Is the same more money than brains? I don't well, anyways, know. Anyways, yeah. do like do like Derek does and look this one up online. Just type in Boss Haas Lamborghini yeah. or Lambo, and I it'll think take you. Can get you away with that. It'll take you right there. Uh, hey, you know what other season is? Not only that it's uh, allergy season or fire season, but it's pothole season. Oh, man, is it? And uh, I don't know where you live. Well, I know where you live, and right. I know where I live. And where I live here in Seattle, we have plenty of them. Although I feel like calling them a, a pothole is generous. They feel like uh, caverns yeah. in some Crater places. Crater is yeah. more like the word. Yeah, so um, – Going back to the use of apps and the positive use of apps sure. and the positive ways we can use apps, um, uh, many cities have their own uh, reporting system that you can download the app and then you can report potholes. Uh, there's also some that are sort of universally – uh, national, where sure. you could use it for a smaller town. So like this uh, Find It, See It, Fix It app will cover a city like Shoreline, north of Seattle. Right. And then Seattle has its own app called, I don't know, Find It, Fix It? I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any I got idea. all these names that sound the same. But um, I've been taking my walks, and I'll usually clock in about 50 potholes on one of my walks. Man. Each time. I've, I've reported over 150 this year already. <laughs> Out there doing the Lord's work in the uh, pothole reporting well, department. I, huh? I keep thinking that the mayor of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, is going to take me out to lunch pretty soon because she's going to know who I am at some point, don't you think? Well, you would – You, I don't know. You wonder if it makes it up the chain that far or not. But uh, certainly for motorcyclists, some of these potholes can be particularly dangerous if you're on a short suspension. But, you know, that's one of the reasons that I ride a dual sport mm -hmm. bike is just to be able to handle some of these potholes. But if you're but, on a Grom or, yeah. or a little like scooter or something, or even you if hit you're one just, of those craters. Yeah, you're going through on a Ninja, right? And you're going 50 miles an hour or well, whatever. That's got I mean, a 16-inch wheel, but let's talk about all yeah. the bikes that have like the 13-inch, you know, the smaller sure. wheels. 
Yeah, on your, you're on one of these little Kimcos or something. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but anyways, uh, I would encourage readers to download the apps that are appropriate for your neighborhood. And uh, if you feel like getting a little exercise, take a walk through your neighborhood and report all your potholes. Uh, the benefit of that is is that now they have recorded a pothole on, on the street. And the more and the more and the more that they report, then the sooner they'll be out to repave the entire street, which has been happening around my neighborhood now since I've been busy. And I hope, uh, I'm assuming that other neighbors of mine have been as busy as well. Yeah. So. Well, I wonder if Ducati, if you're listening, if you can integrate this into your onboard app yeah. system where you can just beam it. Hey, now I'm in. Right? No, there we go. Sold him. Harley, give me the pothole reporter. One at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. There was a motorcycle club that showed up online uh, down in Florida. These ladies all like to wear pink, and they wear they ride with high heels on. Oh wow! Uh, they are called the Caramel Curves. Okay. And I just want to be the first to let people know. I know this is going to be a disappointment, uh, but the Caramel Curves will not be attending the rally in the Gorgeous. Oh man! Well, now I have to reconsider my attendance. I don't know. I was uh, I was sold that they were going to be there. <laughs> no, we just have the blacktop curves. At there the we go. The yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the last couple of years, Yamaha has been sending a demo truck around. Sure. Uh, we're not seeing that happening this year. Uh, no, nothing on their calendar, and some of the dealers are saying it's not going to happen. So, but uh, we're, we're told that Kawasaki is going to be starting up demo rides. Going to have what's called the Good Times Demo Tour. So I did a little more homework on this and found out that they will they do currently not they currently do not have any dates set for the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Which doesn't mean they won't. It just means you gotta keep an eye on their website to see if they're gonna be coming up here at all. And you know, on that note too, I've heard some rumblings that we can expect a uh, an Indian demo truck to make uh that would make, make their sense. Rounds. Yeah. So I would keep an eye out for that too, if that's kind of more on your side of the ledger. Did you read up on this uh, program that they ran during the recent IMS shows where they had uh, a setup where they had four types of electric vehicles that people could test ride even if they weren't a rider? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, and it looked like they had pretty good results. So if you were a non-rider and you went in and you proved yourself worthy on a Yamaha electric bicycle, Mm -hmm. then they'd up you to a zero bike. And for kids, they had the Stacy electric bikes. Yeah, sure. And uh, one more item, I don't remember what it was. Uh, but anyways, I thought it was it was kind of cool. Right. Well, that's what's that was the, for the kids. It's the, is it the the stay psych? It's called a Stacy C. Oh, okay. I I thought it was a stay psych, but I think we're talking about the same thing. But yeah. All right. But yeah. No, you're talking about SpaceX. I'm talking about <laughs> Stacy C. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> that sounds like the local community college. Stacy yeah, the C. Elon Musk electric flight into space. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> And again, Elon, if you're listening and you'd like to sponsor the show, uh, please just reach out to us. Um, but yeah, you know that's that is interesting. And then we also saw recently um, Harley made uh, a move to buy that. Well, was that the same company that Harley bought? Did you see that they bought a kid's electric motorcycle? Oh no, I didn't see that. Okay, yeah, that's floating around out there too. So wow. Harley continues to make inroads into that electric market as well. Which is so you know. Uh, I just had to ask you because mm-hmm. we hadn't seen each other since this happened, and it was a big deal when it happened. But you know, uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Facebook and Instagram went down for a while. I saw a little blip on that. Yeah. Uh, how did you How'd you make it through it? Oh man, I was uh, I was at the edge. I tell you what, I I was 
worried for the world and for my own safety. No, honestly, I didn't notice. I just read about it because I'm not really a super active social media guy. But well, I, I stopped everything. You did? Yeah, and then I, I filed my taxes. Uh, I made some uh, homemade soup and uh, uh, took a tree down in my yard. <laughs> So all in, all in like four hours. So that's what uh, from that follow-up government report. Oh, I checked the oil in all five of my bikes. Too. See, that's uh, Facebook and Instagram went down, and uh, GDP went up ten percent in one day because nobody was <laughs> wasting their time on it. But all right, now you've been uh, following these uh, legislative things in Washington State with the helmets and the lane splitting. Do you have any update on that? You know, it seems like, uh, particularly here in Washington, on the helmet front, uh, there really hasn't been too much movement. And of course, this is uh, was proposed by a state senator, I think, out in the Tri Cities area, Kennewick, if I remember, and um, Senator Sheldon. Right, and the idea is that if you uh, opt for motorcycle insurance, you'd be able to ride for out a helmet if you were an adult. And I haven't heard anything really since February on that, so I think that's just still kind of. I think it died. And nobody's talking about it. Is that the? I don't know. I think the legislature session must be over. Yeah, you're probably right at this point. But so apparently, there was no big wins because we're not hearing about the legislative session either way. Right. So regardless, though, if you were thinking that uh, you might be able to ride without a helmet, continue to wear your helmet at least lawfully here. Um, on the lane splitting side, really. Oregon, I think, was getting more traction recently talking about that. I had seen in a couple of uh, national news sources that had become a topic of conversation. And uh, still no word on uh, if that is going to make it through there. But I really think up here in Washington, it's it would probably take – and look, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But I think it would probably take Oregon adopting it mm. before Washington did. I think we'd have to see that state-by-state state trickle and something like this, don't you? So – well, maybe so, and uh, Oregon only does a legislative session once every two years. Oh, okay. So there won't be any traction on it next year. <laughs> you, yeah, I guess that uh, that would make sense. But um, I feel like I feel like Oregon would be a good state to adopt it. Hmm. I just feel like it would. I feel like it would be nice. There's that. very few places where there's very much traffic, other than Portland. Yeah. You know, there, you don't you don't have like stop and go traffic and. Maybe, well, Eugene has a beltway around it. I don't know if they have a problem down there or not. Right. Yeah, but that's why I think, you know, maybe that trickle effect, if it's going to make it up here to Washington to see it kind of prove its merit, assuming that it does, which I, I'm hopeful that it will. Because our stop and go traffic mile per mile is probably 10 times what Oregon yeah. has. Yeah, I would think so. I think it would make more sense to do it here, but I also think that's where the hesitancy comes in. Hmm. I guess I guess a city or a county could adopt it without the state adopting it. Yeah, a little bit like the uh, the uh, off highway vehicle county yeah. by county legislation right. here in That's Washington, right. yeah. which is as confusing as it gets because you can take it on road in some places and then you hit the county line and you can't drive it anymore. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll just keep watching. Yeah, try to keep an eye out on it. All right. Well, hey, thanks again to uh, Sabrina and Kate for all their help with putting the news bites together this month. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we got the calendar. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible by... Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Hey, I'm John from Breyer, Washington, and, uh, well, it's not real local, but... 
I like going to John Day, Oregon uh, for the rally, and Highway 19 is an awesome ride. Hi, this is Misty from Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Show the only show dedicated to motorcycling right here in the Pacific Northwest. Here, here. And because of that dedication, we're going to go into our calendar segment here, where April is starting to look pretty darn busy. Tom, don't you think? There was a lot of stuff I had to cut out because there was way too much for the calendar. So, uh, what you want to do when you get done listening to the show is jump on Soundwriter and go to the calendar page to see everything that's listed. There's about thirty. 30 items. So a lot of stuff. And there's a few that actually I think I need to add on there. So soundwriter.com slash calendar. Yeah, that's where you go. That's it. Just use the submit button. Yeah, absolutely. I will do that. (laughs) All right. On uh, April 6th and 7th, the month kicks off with uh, the Desert 100 out in Odessa, Washington. That's right. This is the 49th annual, I think. Wow. Yeah. I think you'll be out there donning your tiger suit, won't you? Yeah, I'll be out there for sure. I'm looking forward to checking it out. I've actually never been to the event, and I hear hear great things. So They say it's a good idea to take a respirator. Yeah, a lot of dust, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I hear. Well, assuming. We'll have to see. I don't know. They might still have some snow on the ground out there as we record. Mm, Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, Down in Eugene, Oregon, that same weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the 6th. Oh, only the Saturday the 6th. Uh, the PacWest Motocross will be going on down in Eugene. So if you want to get out and watch a little motocross racing, yeah, maybe the weather be nice, take a ride down to where it's happening. That's right. And send us an email and think. Uh, let us know if you think lane splitting would work down there in Eugene, as we talked about in the last yeah. segment. <laughs> you ride the whole beltway and tell yeah, us what's going Yeah, let us know. On. We'll get a report going out here. <laughs> also on uh, Saturday the 6th, if you're still in Seattle, you can go over to the Optimum Performance Motorsports over there in the uh, Kirtland area, and they're going to be having their uh, first annual open house. Yeah, and of course, these are the guys that just picked up the Moto Guzzi line a few months ago after Moto International closed down after many years. So. And the Aprilia line. And the Aprilia line. Can't leave them out, of course. So go out and support those guys and see what they've got going on. Some real nice, uh, real nice fellows out there. On uh, Sunday the 7th down in Portland will be the Rose City 250. And that's your warm-up for the Rose City 500 coming up the following month. Have you ever ridden either one of those? I haven't. I yeah. need to do it. We need to make a make that a priority one of these years, huh? Maybe you'll be out at, uh, sucking down the uh, Desert 100 air and I'll be down in Portland. There we go. Yeah. Give me a good excuse to go over to the McMinimums, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and just eat some good food, my hot you know? Pool. Yeah. Uh, Saturday the 13th. Blue Ribbon Brigade Child Abuse Awareness Poker Run. Say that ten times fast. Man, I think I'll pass on that, although if you are in the area of Salem, Oregon, this does seem like it's probably a pretty good cause. It seems like it might be the only thing going on in there on that day, too. That's the uh, B-R-B-C-A-A-P-R. Even the acronym you can't say fast, (laughs) Yeah, No, I can't. Uh, see, that, uh, see, okay, so then Sunday the 14th 
is the annual bunny run. Will you be going to this at Emerald City, Harley-Davidson? As a matter of fact, I will, yeah. So okay. I'm going to be up there uh, hanging out with uh, Rick and James, and uh, I understand that they're expecting a, a pretty good turnout. So check out their website on Yeah, they've that. been doing this for like, I don't know, 30 years or something. Yeah, and this is actually a charity ride, too, and all the donation or the proceeds go to uh, Housing for Hope in Snohomish County right here in Washington. And now, what, do you go out somewhere and you get like a rabbit stew? You know, I don't think that there's any uh, – well, it's B-Y-O-R-S, bring your own rabbit stew, I think is the <laughs> is the way to do it. But this is the Sunday before Easter, and uh, you know they do a lot of great events up there. So if you're looking for a place to ride, go and check them out. They call that Ash Sunday? No. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> no. that's that's what happens after you ride all day in the summer. You get, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Ash Sunday. Right, then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, see, Wednesday the 17th, there'll be Backfire Moto in Seattle. You went to the opener in, yeah, in uh, March. Yeah, in March. I did, yeah. They had a, a really spectacular turnout. And uh, it was actually the first time that I had a chance to uh, visit the shop where they now host it, the uh, sort of country club for gearheads. And I tell you yeah. what, they've got some, some stunning cars in there. And you get to walk into the shop, right? Yeah, you can go around sort of the perimeter there and check out some of the cars that are in there. They've got... A lot of great uh, – got some Ferraris and some Lamborghinis and all kinds of cool stuff if you're a gearhead. And plus there's the lineup of bikes outside. We should do a casual awards thing you know, where you go down, you take a picture of the coolest bike, and then we'll launch it up on Facebook. And, yeah. And we'll give the guy a kickstand pad or something. I there we know. go. Kickstand pad and a pad on the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, Friday and Friday through Sunday, Wimro will be running their round one – at uh, the Pacific Raceways in Kent, Washington. That'll be April 19th through the 21st. So uh, yeah. if you're into watching some racing, or if you forgot that there would be racing and you want to race, we we got you hip to it now. Yeah, check it out. Or like we referenced earlier in uh, the show, uh, this is also where the guys from Cascade Motorcycle Safety do their street strategies course. So if you just want to scout out the track while you're out there and take in some racing, you can you can do that. I believe there are certain stipulations if you want to walk around the track. Uh, you just need to know what those are before you go out there. But yeah, you can. Right. So well, I mean, at least at least from the grandstand, you can kind of see the uh, the layout and that kind of thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, and it's if you're a photographer, it's real fun to go sit and like turn three and four and do photographs too. Oh, sure, yeah. So uh, for that, I think you have to have a vest, and it can't be bright yellow. There's okay, all kinds of little little so, things you got to know. But uh, pale yellow though, with Eddie Bauer on it, right? Hey, yeah, <laughs> you're with all that, set to go, with yeah. that big Canadian goose flying across there we the go, front yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, on uh, April twentieth. At um, Noble Rush in Auburn, it would be the 32nd annual Green Freeze. Uh, this is a uh, ride that's been put on by the local Goldwing chapter down there for 32 years. I gotcha. And I believe it's some type of fundraiser. There's more details on our site, and you can get to the link where the other information is there. Those Goldwing guys are, are, are pretty active, aren't they? Uh, as active as they can be. Yeah, yeah, they do a lot of riding. It's a pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive crew. Uh, let's see. The twenty seventh Saturday is the Northwest Motorcycle Classic Show and Swap happening up in Linden, Washington. Uh, there's a destination ride for you. Yeah, ride on up to Linden. Go all the way up to Linwood, Linden. Linden, not go. Linwood. Past Linwood. Go, yeah, yeah you got to go past <laughs> Linwood. 
And uh, there's a lot of nice little back roads up in there as well. Yeah, that sounds like a, a pretty cool trip. And I don't, you know, I've never been to that event. Maybe another one that I need to get to, huh? Yeah, they they moved it around. They used to have it in Skagit County, and then they moved it up there to Whatcom County. Okay. So, well, that's cool. Uh, see, okay, so that's kind of our highlights. And uh, as I said before, there's more calendar listings at soundwriter.com. You just got to go there and check them out. Um, let's take a little break. When we come back, we're going to have an interview with an old friend of ours. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by... The Rally in the Gorge. Are you ready to go beyond the main roads? Since 2003, the Rally in the Gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. With programs for dual sport, adventure, sport touring, and sport bike enthusiasts, this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again. For more information, visit soundrider.com slash rally. Hello, this is Joey from Joey's Moto Dump and Junkyard on Maury Island in beautiful British Columbia. One of my favorite rides is in Washington from Mappin to Big Colton on the Glade Road. I like to just drop the throttle and let it roll. But right now, I'm listening to the Sound Rider Show. Hi, this is Rich from Rich's Custom Motorcycle Seats, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. We're back on the Soundwriter Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. Derek Roberts has stepped out momentarily, but in the meantime, Walt Greenwood is uh, has arrived here. He is from the Washington Vintage Motorcyclist Group, based up in the Skagit County area. And uh, glad to have you here on the show, finally, Walt. Well, thanks, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you guys do a lot for the uh, industry and the uh, enthusiasts around here, uh, whether you're riding old iron like most of our guys are or mm-hmm. uh, or the brand new stuff well hey let's let's talk about the club a little bit um this club started back in the early 2000s as i recall is that right that's right uh yeah uh, one of our uh founding members uh terry barber his wife got together with uh another lady who uh, had a connection with uh the uh, trev dealey business uh a motorcycle business oh, yeah. up in uh in BC, and uh, they kind of made some connections and decided to uh, form a club. And uh, the Washington Vintage got, Motorcyclist got started in 2002. So, were, was the Trev Dealey connection? Does that mean that you have a, a certain part of the group is Canadian? Or? Oh yeah, we have uh, Canadian members. We actually we're generally uh, from uh, north of of seattle but uh there's certainly no requirement about that we've got uh active members down in gig harbor mm-hmm. um we've got a number of members up in uh in british columbia uh Skagit, bellingham is a is a big center for our guys i sure. live in i live in everett yeah yeah all right and so uh you guys do a monthly meeting right a monthly meeting second uh saturday of uh, the month at the uh Royal Star Buffet up in uh, Mount Vernon. Uh, we uh, get together around noon. Uh, bike show actually starts at about 11.30. Mm. And uh, you can uh, 
Plenty of parking up there, You can eat your – plenty of parking. You can eat everything you want, all you want, for a reasonable price there. And uh, they have a nice uh, meeting room where we we can uh, kind of close the doors and uh, and have a good get-together. We generally have uh, about half the membership, which amounts to uh, about uh, 65 uh, people there. Mm -hmm. And on the good weather, of course, we have plenty of bikes. In the worst weather, we have at least one or two tough guys come out. And then I've stumbled into you guys on your afternoon ride because on the what is it, in the spring and the summer you do afternoon rides after the meeting. Uh, generally, uh, there's some stuff like that. We have uh, a couple of events uh, that we do uh, in August. We do a uh, ride up from our president's uh, farm up in Skagit County up to uh, the top of Mount Baker mm-hmm. and back, and have a nice uh, lunch bar- barbecue uh, after that. Uh, we have a uh, show that we do at the uh, Oyster Run every uh, fall in September. Now, is that right in the vicinity of where the Oyster Run is happening, or yeah, is that we, off they, a little bit? We work with a bank that's uh, there right uh, right by the Safeway in Anacortes, mm-hmm. kind of as you're coming into the Main Street uh, area where all the, the Harleys are. And uh, we have a vintage show there. Now, do you run that show Sunday only, or do you actually have it open Saturday for people? No, it's just uh, just on the day of the big uh, get-together. Oh, darn, and I was trying to avoid the traffic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, a lot of guys bring their bikes up there. We have someone that keeps an eye on them overnight. But, uh, but the, yeah, the traffic is something. All right. Um, and you guys have a big event coming up now. That's right. Yeah, we uh, – for – number of years, something like 14 years, we uh, ran a swap meet up in Mount Vernon at the fairgrounds uh, with the uh, uh, North Cascades, what was it, the North Cascades uh, Street Rod Club. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was a, turned out to be a pretty good cooperation and, uh, and a good event, and uh, we had a lot of folks come up for that. We had a a motorcycle show and a, and a part swap. Uh, unfortunately, I even was a vendor one year. Were you? Yeah. Oh, camped excellent. out the night before there excellent. at the fairground. Yeah. yeah. And uh, people did quite well that day. Most of the stuff that people had brought in was sold off by early afternoon. Yeah, it's, it was a good event. And uh, now and then the uh, car guys would bring bike stuff up so you could scout out their stuff too. I remember mm-hmm. one guy had a, uh, a Royal Enfield, a vintage Royal Enfield chopper. Which, I thought they were all vintage now. Well, <laughs> well, they're, now they're making new ones. You know, they look vintage, but uh, they're, uh, they're you know they're new stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we uh, we did that, but then the the car club uh, they uh, were running short of volunteers to run the thing. And, mm. uh, so they in 2018 last year they said uh, we're not going to do it anymore, and uh, so we looked around. We didn't do one last year because we. Just couldn't deal with the whole uh, par- uh, fairgrounds. It's just too big of a space. We mm-hmm. didn't, we didn't need it. Uh, but uh, our guys found uh, a very nice building up at the uh, Northwest Washington Fairgrounds in Linden, uh, eighteen thousand square feet, all indoors. Mm. And so we're going to run an event that's not just a swap meet, but uh, includes other things. Uh, and that's on April 27th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And uh, we call it the Northwest Motorcycle Classic. Okay. 
And uh, that's going to have a bike show attached with it. It's going to have the swap meet. And I saw something about uh, you're going to have people speaking at the event. Well, I, I'm not sure about that part. Uh, there, oh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of chit-chat. but uh, uh, <laughs> know, A little bit of banteration, <laughs> at little, least. A little BS, too. Yeah, it could be. Um, we, are, we do have uh, some swap meet activity. Um, there are going to be uh, vendors of various sorts there. Uh, we've got, uh, I believe, the Skagit Harley-Davidson uh, folks are going to be there. Uh, we have a, what I've heard is going to be an absolutely mind-boggling uh, show of vintage bikes uh, with uh, probably, if you could, if you owned all these Vincents and sold them, you pro- could probably retire for uh a couple of lifetimes. And these um, are all going to be private collector bikes, or, or are we going right. to see some stuff come in from Trev Dealey? Um, that I don't know about uh, the Dealey stuff. There will be stuff coming down from Canada, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, some of those guys have joined us in some of our other activities uh, during the year. Uh, for instance, we do an over-the-pass uh, run over Highway 20 to Winthrop in June, and uh, we've had... Uh, the guys from the Vincent Club come down, and uh, and they, of course, make everybody's eyes water with the bling on their uh, beautiful <laughs> Vincents. Um, now, you used to tie in with a group where you would have that show that you spoke about prior in Mount Vernon. That would be on a Saturday, and then it would coincide with the swap meet up at Tawasson. Is that happening uh, We anymore? Well, um I believe that uh, the the Sawasan meet, uh, which then I moved to some someplace else up there, a few years ago. I don't think that's happening this year. But yeah, we tried to cooperate with uh, those guys so that uh, the vendors who came up and the buyers uh, could go to our event on uh, Saturday and then go up to uh, uh, BC on Sunday. Yeah, I always and, thought that was a great idea. Yeah, I, I thought so too, and uh, and it worked pretty well. And you know we're. Uh, um, but, but they uh, are not doing that one this year. So the event that we're talking about is going to be held on what day and what time? That is uh, Saturday, the uh, 27th of April, indoors, so we don't have to worry about the snowstorms and the rain that we used to <laughs> encounter from snow that in time April. to time. At least we'll be indoors. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, free parking, um, and uh, it's at the Northwest Washington Fairgrounds in Linden, and uh, I can't give you more instructions than that on how to get there. Haven't and we've there. got that on our calendar so people can get to the link and get the, the directions that are online yep. for it. Yep. Nowadays, all we do is just put an address in our cell phone across our fingers, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, it's this it, free parking, $5 to uh, get through the front door. And uh, we do have a few vendor slots still available and i mean a few so uh, if anybody's listening and and has been thinking about this uh, or isn't suddenly inspired now's the time to move and um is there going to be food vendors on site there will be food vendors um there is uh, overnight uh parking available if somebody wants to drive their uh, motor home up there there that that's possible that's not free but uh, any tent camping uh, that one I'm not sure about. Okay. All righty. Well, I would say that sounds like a good destination to hit. And uh, any of our listeners that are listening, if you're not doing anything that day, make a day out of it. So, all right. Well, Walt, thanks for coming in, doing the interview with us. It's been a pleasure. 
And uh, we do have a feature story about the Washington vintage motorcyclist on soundrider.com. So anybody who wants to uh, find out more about the group and, and how to get in, just uh, click it on the bottom right-hand side there. It says uh, more resources, and one of them is our archive, editorial archive. And just search the editorial archive for WVM. If you like old bikes and you uh, got 30 bucks a year, you're in. All right. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we got another interview lined up. Support for Soundrider and the Soundrider Show is made possible by Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in Issaquah, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from. Whether you're shopping for a used sport bike, cruiser, dual sport, sport touring, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Hi, my name is Steve. I'm from Olympia, Washington. Uh, my favorite area to ride in is around uh, Kamei, Idaho, where the gravel roads are fantastic and the paved roads are even better. Hi there, this is Uli Langenberg from Uli's Famous Sausage, and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show. Soundwriter Show, and we're very privileged today to have a man in the studio with us. He joined us a couple of years ago. We haven't seen him since. He's been out busy, and he hasn't been talking to anybody about what he's been doing, but he's willing to give us an exclusive interview right here on the show. He's also given us an exclusive interview that we're running in the April edition of Soundwriter. We're joined today by Liam Stewart. Liam, great to have you back on the show. And, you know, you went around Antarctica in December. You rode the perimeter on a KTM motorcycle. And you're planning to do a perimeter run around the Arctic Circle in June. Derek? Yeah, so let's hop in here, Liam. So noted adventure rider. And, of course, the Antarctic is the South Pole. And though many people here in the Pacific Northwest are looking to warmer weather as we head into spring – you're actually you're talking about heading to the North Pole, is that right? That is very correct, Derek. So you're obviously an experienced guy at this because you did the South Pole. But you know, I'm curious if you're going to be up there in that cold. There's no civilization; it's hundred miles away. How do you carry your gear? Like, what do you do? You can't just do a typical pannier setup, right? That is correct. I had to adapt my motorcycle with some special uh, harness and such to create the point for the trailer hitch, which had to be a very specialized one that uh, rotates in every direction so that the sled I am pulling uh, will uh, not affect the uprightness of the motorcycle. So this is this is kind of a draw on like the whole sled dog thing then. I mean, you've got your motorcycle out front, you're pulling this, and then you've got your trailer behind you, your sled, going through the snow, but... What do you put in that sled? I mean, because you've got all this gear you got to bring. I would imagine 
that there are some atypical things that you would need in the North Pole that you wouldn't need in the South Pole. I mean, right? That's got to be the way it is. Well, they're, they're not a great deal of difference, but they, get, they, they are different because of who I am. I'm a vegetarian. No kidding. I am, and so... Lots half, of snow cones down there, I would imagine, huh? <laughs> half the sled will be filled with my various produce and, and protein substances. The other half of the sled is going to be uh, lithium-ion batteries charged from my solar panel on top to heat my thermal gear. And and for the Arctic Circle, you don't have to take any ant spray with you, do you? Because there's no ants in the Arctic, right? Don't have to worry about the food in that regard at all. Well, that's good. You've got the preservation taken care of, and you've got these lithium-ion batteries powering your heated gear. But even still, even if this is a specially equipped uh, sled, I have to imagine that there's some challenges, right? I mean, this isn't just like – this isn't your typical trip through Idaho or Washington, right? Not in the least, Derek, because the uh, if you've ever seen the ice in either North or South Poles, it is very, very rough, and uh, there are special activities you have to do in certain areas when a crevasse has opened up in front of you. I've got some special ladders that I use to spread across those crevasses and am able then to run the motorcycle across and pull the sled across uh to be able to keep going but uh, constantly you're up and down and over and around these various ice breaks that uh, come up as you go along that trail that you've set for yourself you ever have to fix a flat when you're on the ice is it that rough oh yes it can be terribly if you hit a, hit, hit the edge of the uh, ice in the wrong way uh, uh you could cut a tire or you could Pop a tube. You know, uh, I'm wondering if you haven't changed out the air in the tubes on the bike. When you get up to the Arctic Circle, is that going to be? Is that going to affect the bike? Because you're going to have Antarctic air in the bike up in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of polar vortex effect there, right? Well, it'll be going in a different direction, of course, because of the pole differences of the spinning of the Earth. Oh yeah. Well, I'd say this whole thing sounds like it's going then in a different direction than. Uh, some of the more typical motorcycle trips. So let's cut right to it, though. We understand that this, there is a charity component to this, right? I mean, you're going to be auctioning off some of your gear here, right? That is correct, uh, Derek. Uh, I'm doing it for the benefit of the understanding and belief in the Norse god Loki. He was known to make fools of people at this time of year in order to promote change and you know i just got a press release from ktm and they said they're doing a new model in your honor and it's called the liam loki 1290 adventure you know about that yeah don't you i have not heard that tom and it excites me greatly i can hardly wait to get my leg over one well listen i'm gonna go get the press release and we'll be right back and uh, i'll let you know all about it support for the Soundwriters show is provided in part by cycle barn of smoky point your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at cyclebarn.com. This is Lisa, and I'm from Linwood, Washington. And one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest is heading up over Washington Pass and down into Winthrop. 
Hi, this is Dan Parks with Cruise Tools, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. April edition of the Soundwriter Show. And of course, we like to just have a little bit of fun with you this month. So now we're back in studio with Lee Loki Stewart, longtime listener and friend of the Soundwriter Show. And we're going to be talking some legitimate spring touring tips. You mean the fun's over? Right. <laughs> the fun is just beginning, right, Lee? <laughs> That's true. That's Never it. trust uh, me being in the studio. That's right. There's always uh, something to be had here in, uh, in April. But you know, the truth is, we had an awesome stretch of weather in March. I mean, we had a couple of days towards the end where we were looking at 70 degrees. Um, and man, it really got kind of, that's it. It kind of got my, you know, literal and figurative motor running thinking, Hey, it's time to get out there and, uh, spring touring. It can be a challenge, but it can also be a lot of fun. So we thought we'd exchange some ideas here with, uh, some of my fellow Mensa members. There's some more April fooling for your you there. Mensa that's members. right. Yeah. <laughs> but why don't we kick it off, Tom? Why don't we go with first on your list here? And uh, we can run around the table and talk about some of these ideas. All right. So, uh, yeah, with that stretch of warm weather that we had, uh, there was a number of people wondering, uh, was uh, some of the passes open yet? Good question. And uh, the answer is no. And how would you know that? Well, um, I actually subscribed to some of the uh, DOT uh, newsletters, so I know when they're actually working up in the passes, and I know what status each one's at. Uh, also on uh, Soundwriter, we do have the link for the road uh, information. It's under uh, more when you're on the homepage. You click more, and it's under resources. And that will give you quite a bit of information uh, by state, by county, by national forest. So it'll help you with your planning. You know, people are going to be wondering real soon, can I get around Mount St. Helens? Right. And you, could, you could start there and hit the link into the Forest Service site to uh, stay tuned to that. Um, and that's really a great tip year-round, too, to use that resource on SoundRider because things like forest fires, road closures, you can get all of that right through the page. Yeah, exactly. And kind of piggybacking on that, too, if we want to bounce around here, you know, that's one of the things that I had really considered in spring touring is learning how to forecast weather. And I know we've talked about it a little bit here on the show on previous episodes, but, man, that can be super handy just to kind of know when you're looking at the radar maps and everything, hey, when's the rain going to move in? When's the cold going to move in? Because you may only have a couple of sort of Indian summer days to get out there and ride, and that can be a really good skill to, to Lee use. Lee is the one who taught me about a great app. What's that weather app we'd like to use, Lee? Uh, I've got two or three of them, Tom. I use uh, Dark Sky. Yeah, that's the one okay. I use. And uh, a couple of other of the major weather maps because I find that uh, each one of them provides just a little different look at the weather, and you can always insert different cities and it'll give you the same information for those so for your destination or your uh, possible planning of going somewhere it, they're excellent to 
it's, reference. It's a great what, resource. Right? What I really like about the Dark Sky app, and maybe some of the other ones do this, I'm not hip to all of them, but uh, it has a forecast on precipitation. So you and I were sitting up on the base of Mount Hood one day watching the rain fall around us, and we were able to look at what the forecast was on that and know that, hey, by the time we get done with lunch, it's going to be a lot nicer. So that's a nice app to have. That's a great tip. It it does precipitation. It does temperature. It does wind. And good, good program. Yeah, and we should and mention it's free. And we should mention too. That's also great to know. But we should mention to the listeners here who may not uh, be familiar with Lee. And I don't know that you use these apps on your on your travels previously. But Lee's ridden to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. He's ridden. Did you go all the way to the tip of South America on your trip? Were you? How far did you go into South America? I started in uh, Santiago and went north into Bolivia and. Uh, Peru, okay, Argentina. Okay, so the point being, though, that uh, between Tom and yourself, you guys have got a lot, a lot of miles underneath you, and if you endorse an app like this, it's probably worth checking out. That's what I would say. Um, Where are we going? you got a chip here. Yeah, let's throw it to Lee here. What do you got on your list there? Well, of course, I feel, since I'm not a winter rider often, that having your bike fully serviced prior to getting out on the road uh, when the sun starts getting uh, the way it has been, uh, to make sure that the bike is in good shape, uh, properly oiled, properly uh, tuned, and that battery is in good shape. Right, and that is uh, you know always a great suggestion, something that we try to bring up every spring and winter here, but you don't want to waste any of those riding days. And as you alluded to on the battery point, that was one of my tips too because I just had to – replace my battery literally as we record this last night and i had noticed through some of the cold we had in february i was getting a few less cranks out of it and on the old dr there's not a lot of cranks to begin with and then lo and behold i went down there just the other day i was ready to go to uh one of the backfire moto nights the uh, spring opener in march and that thing just wouldn't kick. It just wouldn't go. Exactly. So It went click, 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 click. click, click. It gave me a lot of that and a few flashes of the headlights, and that was it. And uh, although I pushed it uphill to try to bump start it a couple of times, I also realized that I am in not very great winter shape. So I need to – There's, a, there's <laughs> yeah. another good point right. that uh, – your old body needs to be in shape to ride that big right. motorcycle, and That's a little truth. bit of time on the weights and or walking good uh, distances would be a very good recommendation. Absolutely. Free weights twice a week at least. Yeah, no, I think that's a great tip. Tom, do you have anything in the uh, in the springtime that you really look for on your motorcycles? Because I know oftentimes it's rotating them around, right, because you have a few that don't get ridden as much as others. But... Well, there's a cat in my neighborhood, and he tends to spray all my bikes, so I have to clean the <laughs> chain off on every one of them. That's usually about the biggest chore I have when I'm down there. Yeah, so also another good tip is uh, look out for uh, cats. For feral cats in the neighborhood. I, I do like to kind of go through them all with a T-clocks mode sure. or method and uh, just, you know, make sure that, that brake fluid is clear and not dark and uh, be sure that the, the chain and the sprocket are in good shape for the year. If right. I need to change it, might as well just do it right now, you know. I agree. Get it over with. Uh, tires, I got some tires that I got to change out now, so that needs to happen sooner than later. And that would be the T in T-clocks, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, you were talking about the weather. And another thing that I remember about this time of year is it can be like, you know, the other day it was uh, 77 degrees. Sure. 
but you know, at night it can be cold too. So you really got to be packing layers when you go out right now. It's not like going out for a summer ride where you're going to have mild nights and warmer days. You're going to have cold nights and warmer days right now. Couldn't agree more. And you know, when we talked about packing, we were as we were preparing for this segment, Lee had mentioned that he uses a very specific book still to reference when he is looking to uh, to pack in a certain way, right, Lee? That good old pack right, pack light. Uh book that Tom put out years ago I still think is a marvelous uh, way to get your life started in packing for any type of trip. I actually stole most of that stuff from Liam Loki. <laughs> but it is, you know, it is interesting, especially, and I know we get into it every from time to time here on the show, but just modern materials, you know, some of these synthetic fabrics, yes. how minimal they pack down to and how much insulating and uh, cooling effect that they can have too, depending on the conditions is uh, is really pretty marvelous, and that's a, a certain necessity here in the springtime. And their ease of washing uh, makes them possible not to carry as much. Right. Uh, Tom has educated me very well in that regard, in that uh, uh, I've probably cut in half the number of uh, shirts and underwear that I have to carry because of having the synthetics. That's right. In fact, I do that day to day. I haven't washed my We're clothes. We're not going to tell weeks. your riding partners <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same method I use my motorcycle too. You don't have to clean it. It's fine. You're just good. You're yeah. good to go. Right. All right. Uh, I'd also mention too. You know, when we're talking about uh, some of the variable weather again. Uh, be mindful of the shaded spots in the evening and the early morning, too, because those overnight mm-hmm. temperatures can kind of build up some ice in those dark corners on those two-lane highways that we like with the trees and everything. So if you're heading out early in the morning, you may be bundled up. You may have your heated gear ready to go. But remember, black ice is still a threat, especially if it drops down to freezing temperatures overnight. And there may still be gravel in the corners right. from when they sanded it for uh, you know the cold weather. Yeah. That's right. Gravel or sand and let a uh, another reason to make sure you're going at GAT. Not that you wouldn't in the springtime. You should anyway because of the cold temperatures, but you don't want to roll out and low side in the turn. So at this time of year, I don't like to do a lot of tent camping because it's just a little too cold at night. So I like to pick one of my favorite little accommodations out there and and make a destination trip out to it. But it's important to remember that in early spring, these places are still kind of digging out. They're uh, they're getting the pool cleaned up still. They're getting the hot tub working again. May not be working when you get there. Right. Uh, you know, it pays to make a phone call ahead. And but what I find with a lot of my little favorites is I can just drop in at a moment's notice. But if I make that phone call, I know it's going to be a worthwhile trip, or I can change my plan. So it's a great tip. And you know, for a lot of places that get you know, especially higher elevations, a lot of these Motel Sixes, they're still chipping out the dead bodies out of the ice in the pool. So. <laughs> You want to make sure oh, yeah. that, right? So you want to make sure that that's cleaned out before you get up there. So I thought I covered those up real good with the oh, black yeah. <laughs> But no, that is certainly true. But and on that note, though, too, a lot of times, especially if you're riding during the week, you can get some great deals on hotels, which can make springtime touring kind of a good value. Well, another that I would point out too uh, that Tom has introduced me to are the the yurts and the wooden cabins in the, our various state parks. Again. Being early in the season, the ease of being able to make a reservation in one of those is much higher. That's right. And especially in this Instagram era, those certain those places can really book up in the summertime. I mean, it can be weeks, months in advance. So Yeah, and it's real nice sitting out there with not a lot of people around and getting those sunsets like we had. We were out there that time uh, out there near Moses Lake in a yurt, uh, a couple of yurts. 
And, uh, and we also learned that it was so early in the season that the uh, state parks hadn't had time to trap all the mice yet. Remember that? <laughs> so make sure you're that, uh, that was in mind. You had the bees. You got bees and mice. Make sure that your uh, your sleeping bag is uh, is fully sealed up on the bottom there. Exactly. Huh? Right, and don't uh, don't store any cheese with you. I guess. <laughs> Another thing I like about traveling at this time of year is that the the amount of traffic on the road is pretty nil, and so still before uh, school's out. Yeah, right. yeah, and we've we've had some fun little runs down there in Oregon. We've done and and uh, Washington, and you know we don't see a lot of cars when we're out there. It's 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 quite fun. Probably very true of your Vancouver trip for this year. Yeah, um, the one that people can buy the book on, since That's we won't correct. actually run that yeah. tour. But yeah. That's right, a little update there. But uh, it is a, uh, it's a great time, you know, the springtime, to get out and tour, especially if we have any repeats of like we had in that last week of March. And, you know, I'm thinking, uh, well, we need to try to do that, uh, the Rattlesnake 400 coming up here, right? And that will probably be in... Uh, That's our April trip. Right, so yeah. we'll try to get that done. And what about you, Lee? Do you have any places uh, on your bucket list for the springtime here? Are you hoping to get back out? I do not have any specific ones because I'm looking forward to a major summertime. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, so prepping up, which is another good tip. If you've got some uh, ambitions for the summer, now's the time to start planning, not only to get your bike ready, but uh, to start laying out that itinerary. You bet. So, Lee, you're going to go to the Maritime Islands, is that correct? I am going to go clear across Canada from here all the way to uh, Newfoundland and the outer islands there. Uh, an area that I have not visited at any time. I do have family in Maine, so I'm familiar with that upper peninsula of the United States, but not up into the uh, Maritimes. Well, I've heard great things, actually, about that region of uh, of Canada. I've heard some really awesome stuff. Are you going to be bringing a bike with you? Are you going to the whole way? So you're going to ride the whole way then? Yep. Oh, well, that's, and that's, back. Okay, so that is the ambitious summertime trip you speak of. Good, good, <laughs> good retired activity. Right. Well, that's going to take you about a month, isn't it? I believe at least. Wow, almost as long as it's going to take you to do the Arctic Circle. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll get a chance to see some photos when you return to that. I, uh, I certainly look forward to it. All right. Well, that's our, uh, that's our spring tips and tricks segment. And uh, we'll be back in a moment here to close up the show. Stick around. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Seattle Cycle Center. As more and more shops discontinue sales of apparel and aftermarket gear, Seattle Cycle Center continues to provide a wide selection of everything you need for your next ride. Family-owned and operated for more than 30 years, Seattle Cycle Center is your destination for helmets, jackets, pants, boots, gloves, rain gear, and much more. Visit their store on Aurora Avenue soon. Hi, I'm Anne from Edmonds, Washington. I ride a Moto Guzzi V7, and sometimes I like to break away and head down to California to ride in Joshua Tree. Hi, this is Dimitri from Nelson Rigg, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Final segment here on the Sound Rider Show. 
getting ready to put the old kickstand down. And, of course, we wouldn't leave you with even more tips and tricks, although these won't be quite so spring-centric. So what do you got over there, Tom? You want to kick it off, or do you want me to roll here? Uh, I'll kick it off. All right. What do you got? Um, talk about your the position of your legs when they're bent. Okay. You know, if they're bent back more than uh, 90 degrees, mm-hmm. that's going to cause some stress and not a good way to ride a motorcycle. So uh, unless you plan on riding a sport bike around all day, if you are – uh, having issues with your legs being bent back more than 90 degrees, uh, you might want to look into doing something about that. Either sometimes that, you know, you can move the pegs on the bike, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you can get a seat redone and get that fixed in that position. Uh, but uh, you'd be a lot more comfortable on long rides if you keep those feet forward. I agree with you there. And, you know, uh, I had talked to the, uh, the, the guys out at Seat Concepts in Idaho and uh, I wrote an article about them a few months ago, and that was actually one of the biggest things that uh, they had people reach out to them for custom seats mm. for was just the comfort aspect, and that was one of the things that they really get into it, uh, into it with with you on is talking about leg position and you know how that all can affect your comfort on longer distance trips. And uh, as a as a second part of that, uh, the elbow bending. If you're if you're not getting a 15 degree bend in your elbow. They're too straight, and you'll actually end up riding the motorcycle using your shoulders steering instead of steering with your wrist. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's why bar risers come in handy. Sure. For getting your your arms up a little bit more, which gives you the chance to bend them a little bit. So you're looking for 15 degrees there and no more than 90 on the knees. Well, just kind of, I think, a great overall ancillary tip related to that is just how many of us – have spent the time to fiddle with control adjustments on our motorcycles and since we've owned them. Yeah, and it's important to look at these things when you're considering buying a new motorcycle. Yes, I agree. Because you're either going to have to you're either going to buy that bike and have to fix it or if you don't fix it, you're never going to be sitting in the right position. Right, or you realize just, you know, hey, maybe you could spend 3 hours on that bike, but you wear out after an hour because you're exactly. in such an uncomfortable position. So yep. So take advantage. We talked about some demo trucks that might be out there in the Pacific Northwest. If you are thinking about buying a new bike, take it for a spin. See how it fits. Start thinking about maybe if you need bar risers or all that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, and let's face it. You don't have to wait for a demo truck to show up. Right, yes. You know, better dealers will always allow you. You may have to fill out a credit application first. Right. But they will allow you to take demo rides on units that are in-house. I'm not saying every dealer, but better dealers. You can make a phone call and find out. Yeah. Just don't show up with uh, your backpack and your camping gear and say, hey, I, I just going to take it around the block, you know. I just want to see. Mind then... if I bring it back on Tuesday yeah. morning? <laughs> well, those, are some, uh, those are some great suggestions there. You know, for me, uh, this month, I've been, over the last couple of months, doing a lot of shop visits. And one of the, thing that, one of the things that stood out to me speaking with, you know, different uh, people at all these different shops is I think this is going to be a pretty event-heavy summer down at the local motorcycle shops. Mm. So there's a lot of people talking about wanting to do, you know, weekend barbecues and just get people out to talk about motorcycles. I'm hearing this all over the state, particularly here mm. in Washington. And so I'm hopeful that most of these folks will follow through on that. But my tip is just to, if you've got the local dealer, the guy you go down and you see, you know, two or three times a year to get your stuff, just check out their website, check out our calendar page and see, 
hey, maybe there's something down there that you can go and support on a Saturday. You know, they just like to see that people are out there and engaged, and that only gives them more impetus to plan more events and get things bigger and better. And you know, the whole community is stronger the more that we ride. So. I agree. So get out there and check it out. Good tip. And if you're a dealer, make sure you plug in your events into our calendar so that we can talk about them on the show. I agree, 100%. All our listeners want to know where the free food is at next. <laughs> that's right. The meal, the meal tour, right? All right. Well, hey, that's our show. Uh, thanks for Liam and Lee for dropping by and sitting with us and interviewing. And uh, we're going to be back in May. And uh, in between now and then, Go out and have a great ride somewhere. On the Sound Rider Show. We'll see you next month. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.